Well, again, guys, I'm, I'm in Second Chronicles chapter 17. I'm going to start in verse 6, and as you guys kind of open there, get there, I, I want you to think about this with me. Uh, kind of interesting that sometimes in life, um, God keeps us from all dangers and disasters. Sometimes he just protects us from all that stuff. He protects us from all dangers, all, all difficulties. There are seasons where that's the case, right? I, I call those uh, periods of peace, right? Sometimes we have these periods of peace in our life. But other times, God seems to allow us to be surrounded by danger and difficulty. And so here's my question to you this morning. What do we do when that's the case? When we're in a season, not, not of, of peace, but in a season where God's actually allowing us to be surrounded uh, by, by, by difficulties and dangers, what do we do then? And, and I think we've got a great example in the life of a king uh, named Jehoshaphat. And so uh, that's, that's what we're going to look at is Jehoshaphat. And uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 17, starting in verse 6, and, uh, and here is what the word of God says. Did I, I said 17 starting in verse 6. Yeah, here we go. It says, uh, speaking of King Jehoshaphat, it says, his mind rejoiced in the Lord's ways, and he again removed the high places and Asherah poles from Judah. Uh, now, if you skip down to verse 10, it says, the terror of the Lord was on all the kingdoms of the lands that surrounded Judah, so they didn't fight against Jehoshaphat. So, so God granted this king, Jehoshaphat, who, who, who loved him, granted him this period of peace. Now, that's where it begins in 16. But if you, if, if you turn over to chapter 20, we read something very different. Uh, so now I'm in Second Chronicles 20, starting in verse 1. It says, After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites, together with some of the Mennonites, came to fight against Jehoshaphat. People came and they told Jehoshaphat, a vast number from beyond the Dead Sea uh, and from Edom has come to fight against you. They're already in the Hazan Tamar, uh, that's the Engedi. Now Jehoshaphat was afraid and he resolved to seek the Lord. And then he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah who gathered to seek the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to, to seek him. So this time now he's completely surrounded. He's surrounded by the enemy, and, and there's going to be a battle. So he seeks the Lord, he begins to pray. Here's part of his prayer in, in verse 12, put it on the screen for you. Uh, he says, "For God, we are powerless before this vast number that comes to fight against us. We don't know what to do, but God, we, we look to you. And, and as they're praying, now remember, he's, he's got all of Judah gathered, and they're all praying. He's leading them in prayer. The king's leading them in prayer. As they're praying, the Holy Spirit falls upon a prophet named Yahaziel. And, and through this prophet Yahaziel, God speaks to Jehoshaphat and to all of Judah. And this is what God says, verse 15. He says, listen carefully, all of Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast number. Ready? For the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is not yours, but God's. God's. And then God's going to tell them, so get up and go down to that battleground. And, and he gives them these final instructions in verse 17. He says, you don't have to fight this battle. Rather, position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Right? And see the salvation of the Lord. With that in mind, I, I, I just I kind of want to talk about what we do when we find ourselves surrounded. And, and, and there's really three things. First and foremost, we need to remember that God fights for us, right? 
First thing we need to remember, when we're not in a period of peace, and hallelujah, uh, everybody's had at least a period of peace in their life, right? Where it just seemed like everything was going great. Yeah, that, that was a great time. I love those times. And then there are other times it literally seems like everything on earth is falling apart, right? So what do we do when we're in those times? Well, we need to remember that God fights for us. And, and for some of this, this is really hard, isn't it? And, and I, I think part of the reason it's hard is because we've kind of militarized our faith, if you will. And we have a lot of military analogies in the Bible. And, and so like we, we've recognized that, that uh, in, in Ephesians it says that we're surrounded um, and, and there's a battle going on around us and, and it's a spiritual battle. Ephesians 6.12 says our struggle's not against flesh and blood but it's against the spiritual forces and, and the heavens. So we know that and, and, and we know the context of Ephesians 6 11 through 18 says that we've got to then put on the full armor of God. We've got to be dressed for battle. And so we take those things and we sprinkle in a little bit of what Jesus says to Peter, right? In Matthew 16, 17, 18, Jesus, uh, Peter said, you're the Christ. And, and, and Jesus says, well, blessed are you, because this wasn't revealed to you, Peter, um, by, by any man, but by God himself. And he says, Peter, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. And then Jesus says this last word, and the gates of Hades won't overpower it. And so we kind of got this spiritual battle thing going going on in her mind, and then we hear Jesus say something like that, and, and, and then we've got our own kind of sinful ways, right, and we, we always have below the surface just a little bit of anger and frustration brewing, and, and so we kind of think we're supposed to William Wallace this sucker, don't we? Right? If you guys remember Braveheart, William Wallace is just going to rush into battle. And so sometimes as Christians, we think, well, when we're surrounded, what's the proper answer? Well, it's a fight! Right? I mean, grab it, run into it, and just take it down. The problem is that's not necessarily a biblical view. The whole counsel of Scripture counsel of scripture of God's word actually kind of tells us that when we're surrounded there's something else we're supposed to do not just run at the enemy okay and so I that's what I want to talk to you about this morning right I want to talk to you about what we're supposed to do and uh, here's our verse again second chronicles uh, 20 verse 15 for the battle is not yours but God's got to remember when we're surrounded that the battle is not ours but God's and I want you to know I'm not proof texting this this is something we see all throughout scripture Uh, when the Israelites are are about to cross into the promised land remember Moses can't go so he's speaking to Joshua getting Joshua prepared here's what he says to Joshua Deuteronomy 3.22 he says don't be afraid of them Right? That's all the inhabitants of the land, including giants, by the way. He says, don't be afraid of them, ready? For the Lord your God, what? Fights for you, right? The Lord your God fights for you. Uh, we just studied David and Goliath for weeks. I think we spent six, eight weeks studying the story of David and Goliath. Our big truth as we studied that story is that in the story of David and Goliath, we are not David. Who is? Jesus Right? Jesus fights our battles. Jesus fights our battles. It's certainly true when it comes to our salvation. Right? Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 2.8. He says, For you are saved by grace through faith. And this line's important. And this is not of yourselves. It's not of yourselves. The greatest battle, right? The battle with death and hell. Guess what? You can't do it. 
God fights for you. It's not about how holy you can be or all the right things you can do. We need God to fight for us. This is the truth of Scripture from the beginning to the end. And I, I believe that wholeheartedly. That's why Paul writes in Romans 8, 31. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Another way you might translate that is, if God is fighting for us, then who can stand against us? And the answer, of course, is no one. No one. It's the first thing. When you find yourself in those seasons of life, they're not periods of peace, but you are surrounded by the enemy. First thing you need to remember is God fights for us, okay? God fights for us. But the second thing you need to know is that we still have a role to play, right? We still have a role to play. Sometimes we hear something like that, oh, God fights for us, cool, I'm done. That means I don't have to pray, I don't have to do anything, I'm done, I'm totally done. But it's interesting because God says, hey, in verse 15, this battle is not yours, but God's. And he immediately says in the next verse, in verse 16, so go. So you go down there, and then verse 17, he tells them what to do. Notice there is a role that Jehoshaphat and all the people of Judah are to play. And the same is true with us. So I, I don't want to oversimplify it, but let me just give you an example. Maybe your uh, battle right now is unemployment. Right? And so what do you do? Well, you certainly pray. Uh, you certainly pray like Jehoshaphat prayed. And Lord, I need deliverance. I'm, I'm about to get kicked out. I, like, I, I need you to provide. So we pray. We absolutely do that. But my question is, is that all we do? Do we just wake up and pray and then go back to sleep? Do we just wake up and pray and sit around and play video games? Do we? No, absolutely not. We pray, God, I need you. I need your deliverance. God, I need your provision. And then we fill out applications. And we update our resume. And we put it on Indeed. Right? And, and we go to interviews. And we do all those things. And listen, none of those things that we're going to do is going to be the source of the provision. God has to change the heart of that person to see something in you that they didn't see before. It's all God. But there's still a role that we have to play. And the same is true when it comes to these battles. Right? So that kind of leads me just to the final point. So, so what exactly is our role? When we're surrounded by the enemy, what is our role? Okay? And, and, and here it is, uh, third thing, in faith. Here's our role. In faith, we must position ourselves to see God's deliverance. In faith, our role is to position ourselves to see the deliverance of God. Right? Uh, so the Lord's instructions, verse 17, here they are on the screen again. Ready? Uh, you don't have to fight this battle. He says, position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Now that word position means uh, to place, to stand, to set, uh, to, to uh, stand uh, oneself up, right? Uh, and then he says, stand still, to stand, to stand still, to stand firm, uh, and, and, and then ultimately, and then see, right? So kind of these three things here. And so what, is, what does that mean? I began to think this week, what does it mean to position yourself to battle? Like, what does that mean? I, I think there, it means a few things. Number one, it means that you've got to be in the battle. You actually have to go to it. You, you can't just stay back from it. Sometimes we have this tendency just to completely withdraw. Like, you, you gotta, like God's instructions to him, not your battle but mine, go down to the battlefield. Right? And, and so we, we've got to go down to the battlefield. We've got to face our fears. We have to stand there in faith. That's part of the faith is that you're looking at the giant that you think is going to demolish you, but you're standing firm in it. Right? And so uh, Christians, we know this. We're called to be in the world, but not of the world. Right? And, and so many Christians are like, I just want Jesus to come back. And then that's their whole life. They just, well, I'm just going to wait on Jesus. I'm not doing anything. Well, guess what? You're supposed to be there in faith. Right? You're supposed to be there in faith. So, so that's part of it. When they went down to battle, guess what? They were dressed for battle. 
They were actually dressed for battle. Uh, again, Ephesians 6 says we're supposed to put on the full armor of God. Now, even if you know that you're not fighting, why would you get dressed for battle? I don't know. So you're not injured, right? I mean, I mean we know our enemy shoots flaming arrows at us, right? Flaming arrows of, of doubt and, and, and like, I mean, all these lies. And, and, and the Bible says that the shield of faith has the ability to extinguish the flaming arrows that the enemy would shoot at. So we've still got to be dressed for battle even if the Lord is fighting. You guys follow me? So I've got to, I've got to be on the, on the battle front. I've got to be dressed for battle. Um, one other way we position ourselves is in prayer right? Uh, in, in, in prayer. Jehoshaphat, this is verse 3, uh, was afraid. So he's afraid. So he resolves to seek the Lord. That means he's praying. How do you know he's praying? Well, because he proclaims an, a, a fast for all of Judah, right? So he's not only are we praying, man, we're fasting now. We're, we're in this together. And so one of the ways we position ourselves when we're surrounded by the enemy is, hey, I'm going to go down. I'm going to stare down this giant. I'm going to be fully dressed in the armor of God. And I'm going to be praying to the Lord for his deliverance, right? We, we, we also position ourselves with humility. What's the right position? Is it, is it the, the spiritual William Wallace? I'll take out the enemy. Let's go. You're going to get your butt kicked. That's what's going to happen to you. I love you. There's no other spiritual term for that. You are going to get it handed to you if you just go running after the devil all by yourself. I, I'm just telling you, it's going to happen, right? And, and, and so listen, there are certain battles only the Lord can win. And so uh, humility, I, I, love, I love Jehoshaphat's humility. He says, we're powerless before this vast number. We're powerless. And man, when you get to that place, just say, God, I, I can't do it. I can't. There's nothing I can do, God, to make this work. God, I need you. God, I need you. You know, people that are desperate find God all the time. It's a promise of God's word. When you seek me with all of your heart, you will, will find me, right? So, so that, that, that's, that's four things, right? We're, we're at the battlefield. We're, we're dressed. Um, we're praying. We're, we're humble. Uh, then, then I want you to notice part of that positioning has to do with praise and worship, which is crazy. It's crazy. Look at this in, in verse 18. It says, Then Jehoshaphat knelt low with his face to the ground. That's worship. And get this, and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord to what? To worship Him. They worship Him. There's, there's this element of positioning yourself as worshiping this God that's going to deliver you. And, in fact, if you want to know how they march into battle, check this out in verse 21. It says, then He consulted the people and He appointed some to sing for the Lord. He says, you're going to sing for the Lord, right? Uh, and, and it says, some uh, to praise the splendor of His holiness. Guess, when they went out in front of the armed forces, He actually put the singers in the front of all the army. Like, they're going into battle. They know that they're not fighting. They're, they're going into battle just singing, God is great, He's got this. Like, just, just worshiping God along the way. And they kept singing, give thanks to the Lord, for He is faithful, His love endures forever. That's, that's how they go into battle. Like, that's crazy. And listen, there's an element there that we need to experience. How do I position myself? If God says the battle is His and all I've got to do is position myself, how do I, how do, I do that? Well, well, listen, a long time ago, almost three years ago, we did a study here. You can go to our website. We've got archive sermon. Um, it, it wasn't the guy that was presenting. It, it was the material that was good. It's called Habits of Grace. And the whole premise of that study is that there are proven pathways in, in Scripture and in, in history by which God blesses people. Right? 
they're just pathways in which the Lord seems to walk. And I, I don't know if you study the New Testament. When people lay themselves in the pathway that Jesus is walking, there's usually blessing there, right? And, and so that there's these tried and true uh, places historically that God just passes and, 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 and you receive that grace of God. So we call it habits of grace. Laying ourselves in known pathways that God walks so that we might receive His, His grace. And that's what these things are. I mean, I mean, think about it with me. So, so uh, Jehoshaphat, by the way, he also knew the word. So he, he, if you look at his prayer, he's actually quoting some scripture. So, so he's been reading uh, the word. So he, he knows the word. He's been thinking about the word. He's praying. Uh, he's fasting. He's worshiping. We, we call those spiritual disciplines, guys. Like these are proven pathways, right? Humility. Uh, these are proven ways in which God shows up in which God shows up. So, so first, we're to position ourselves. But then, uh, God's second instruction, he says, position yourself. And he says, and then be still. Hey, be still. That's one of our favorite scriptures, isn't it? Be still and know that I am the Lord. Uh, you should see that scripture in, in the CSB version. Though. I, I love this. It's Psalm 4610. Uh, that same uh, little phrase, be still, is translated CSB, stop fighting. <laughs> isn't God cool? <laughs> right? God fights our battles. So that scripture we've always known, be still, what does it mean? It actually means stop fighting and know that I am God. Just stop it. I've got the fight. You don't have to fight. I'm the fighter. I fight for you. Stop fighting. Be still and know that I'm just watch what I'm about to do. Like it's awesome. So position yourself. Be still. And remember that phrase, be still, can also mean stand firm. So I, I wanted, uh, I did a little word study, phrase study on, on that phrase, stand firm, this week, and was pulling it up. And I was trying to print things, and we had a million people printing. I like to, I like to print it out, and then I go through, and each one, and so I'm doing it on my computer, because somebody was printing a really long document. And I got up to a little over 20 occasions of that phrase, stand firm. And then I realized that I hadn't included any of the synonyms for stand firm. And I was like, okay, I lo I've lost count at this point. So I'll just share with you two of my favorite verses. Uh, that have to do with standing firm, that have to do with what we're talking about. So when we're surrounded, what does standing firm look like? Being still, letting God fight. Uh, first, Ephesians 6.11. We've been all over Ephesians 6 today. Put on the full armor of God so that you can what? Stand against. That phrase means stand firm. Put on, we, we've got, be dressed for battle, go down to the battle, and then what? We stand firm. We just stand firm. We stand there. Right? With the full armor, right? The helmet of salvation and, and, and the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and our, our, our feet are fitted with the gospel of peace. Uh, have the hobnails so we can dig in and, and stand there and endure it, right? So we're going to stand for and we're going to watch. Also, there's James 4, 7. Uh, it says, therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That word resist means withstand. It means stand against, stand firm. It's the same thought. So what is our role? God fights for us. We have a role to play. What is that role? That role is to position ourselves, to be still, right? Let God fight and to stand firm. That's our role. So, so what, do we, what do we do with that? Uh, first and foremost, I, I want to encourage you, and I, I know in the early service most of us here are believers, uh, but if for some reason you're not, I want to encourage you to put your trust in Jesus. To put your trust in Jesus. Um, all of these instances, by the way, in which God says, I've got the battle, I'm fighting it, God's speaking to his children, okay? Uh, like, that is what it is. Now, you can become one of his children. The Bible says anyone who believes uh, in Christ becomes a child of God. So you have to put your faith and trust in Jesus. But without that, uh, without that, you have to fight all of the battles of life on your own. 
That means every giant you face, you have to fight, including the giant of, of death and hell. That's, that's up to you. And the Bible says that no one's ever won that fight on their own. The Bible says that no one is righteous, not even one. And so you kind of have to begin here. Like, I, I, I'm just telling you, life is hard, y'all. And maybe you're in a place of peace right now, but maybe you're surrounded. And, and, and the very first step would be to cry out to Jesus, say, Jesus, I need you to, to be in my life. I need to be your kid, right? I, I, I need you. And, and it's, it's as simple as just saying, Jesus, would you save me? Would you come into my life right now and save me from my sin? Put your trust in Jesus. That's the first step. Uh, number two is we have to put ourselves in place. I want you to put yourself in place right? Habits. Habits. How are your habits right now? Last two and a half years have wrecked some people's habits, right? Uh, we're, we're still fighting to get church attendance back. You guys at home, I love you. What, what, what camera are we on? We're on this one? Where, do, where, where are we? Okay, right here. You guys at home, I love you. Your habits have been wrecked. You need the body of believers. You got to get dressed next Sunday. It's Easter. Get your butt in a pew. Love you. That's in love, right? We got, we got to break, we, we, we got to get some holy habits again. We got to put ourselves in the path. Well, guess what? Worship is one of the paths. When, when God's people show up, God changes them. It's crazy. We sing to God and yet we leave and we're different, right? It's crazy. It's crazy. We're, we're like, God, you're great. I'm horrible. I'm a sinner. And you walk out and feel better about yourself. You're like, man, this is what life is supposed to be like, right? Have these awesome moments. Worship changes us. Prayer changes us. Reading the Bible changes us. Fasting changes us. Guess what? Tithing changes us. It's a, it's a pathway. God promises, test me in this, see if I don't throw open the floodgates of heaven. Right? These, are, these are proven, historical, biblical places where God meets his people. So I'm saying, listen, if you're surrounded, just put yourself, position yourself in the places you know God shows up. And then finally, in faith, Stand firm and watch for the Lord's deliverance. You put yourself in place. By the way, that's all you can do. In, in those moments, you're really, all you can do is be faithful. That, 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 that's all you can do is be obedient. If you're doing your part, God will show up. He'll fight for, he always fights for his kids. So stand firm then. That's a part, stand firm and watch. One of my favorite verses, if somebody asked me what was my life verse, it'd be 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Give yourself fully to your work in the Lord because you know that your labor in Him is not in vain. All right? Stand firm. Position yourself. Stand there. Wait and see what the Lord has done. So we're going to do something a little different this morning before we move to announcements. Is uh, We're going to worship again. But we're going to worship with this scripture now in mind. And, and specifically, uh, what I, what I want to do is I'm going to ask you to bow your heads just for a moment. I want to pray over you. Uh, I know that we are going through some things. And so as you bow your head, um, I just, just kind of every eye closed, uh, just every head bowed. If, if you're in a place of peace right now, God bless you. I, I'm, I'm thanking God for that right now. God, thank you for every person that's in a place of peace. But if you're surrounded and you feel it, and you feel like the walls have been squeezing in, just where you are, just raise your hand. Nobody's looking, just me. I'm just seeing who feels like they're surrounded. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. All right, thank you. Man, I just feel it squeezing in. Man, I feel it's hard, okay? And this morning what we've heard is we've heard how to respond in those moments. 
Father, I'm going to pray for every person here, for every situation. God, we praise you for, for, for those that are in a season of peace, Lord. And, and for those of us that are surrounded right now, we're praying for that next season of peace. But God, we know that you're going to use this season too. And so, Lord, meet us here. Meet us here. Help us fight the right way by putting ourselves in position and trusting you. Amen.